I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 8th of February, 2022. Uh, this is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance markets, startups. I'm Nadine Blaney here with, um, with Mr. David Scott. Great to be here. And uh, here's the synopsis. Uh, markets went up. Uh, most reports were warmly received when it comes to earnings season. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Scotty. Have oh, a good one. No, oh, we're good. Let's go into it. Okay. All right. So uh, I will finish. I will start <laughs> with the... The market finish up by 1% to 7,187 for the XJO. The SIBO Australia Index performed in lockstep. And so if we go to some of the sectors, look no further than the material space. It was the big boys doing the heavy lifting. Uh, BHP, for example, added 29 index points up by close to 4%. Uh, but we saw Champion Iron, Fortescue, Silver Lake, New Farm, Farm also doing well. Hey, Iron Ore has, has, has look, been looking pretty solid. It has, but the, the right in the view yesterday, there's so much good news priced in. So the only way I can see at the moment now is downside disappointment. We know that everyone's expecting the uh, Chinese to go and ramp it up as soon as the Olympic Games finish, uh, but that's yet to be seen. I know there's a lot of ore sitting on the, uh, the sidelines in China waiting to be used. So let's see what happens. Bit of buying in CBA ahead of the result that's out tomorrow on ausbiz.com.au. We'll be speaking with the CEO, Matt Common. Um, we had Hub24 looking good, Suncorp in the wake of its result, to your point, up by 6%. Magellan, people buying, I guess after all of the selling that we've seen as of late, Magellan Financial Group, which was up by 7%. And then we get to Macquarie. So it's an operational update. Look, they're a bit vague in talking about their record quarter. You, but got, any, you got any numbers for me? <laughs> but no, I don't actually. And not my fault this time. But true to form. I mean, they like this is Macquarie sticking to script. But look, very favorably received. We just had a chat with Heath Moss from HLM Investments. Um, that'll be online if you'd like to take a listen. He did a great roundup of the companies that reported today. But he's a buyer of Macquarie at these levels. Yeah, why not? You've got to pay for quality. He talked about the characteristics that used to make it almost like a value stock back in the day. But of course, no, the environment has changed uh, and Macquarie's business model is, uh, is changing as well. So you pay for quality, you pay for quality balance sheets, more importantly. And uh, there we have it. So no, willing to go and buy in. Well, let's find out because Macquarie was actually the stock of the day as well. Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool joined Chris Conway from Marcus today. Let's see if uh, Macquarie makes it into the portfolio have that sort of track record you've got that reputation you really can do well on it and as you say shares up almost five percent at the moment on the back of that reasonably light detail basically saying a record quarter tick uh, expecting good growth tick investing for growth tick uh, even as you say the competition concerns didn't seem to sway the market and probably justifiably so i think i think it is a buy you've got some of the smartest people in the country all they're trying to make money for themselves and money for the for shareholders they are famous, Macquarie, for under-promising and over-delivering. So I think that lends to uh, what Scott was talking about with regards to credibility. When they say something like this, 
they don't say it often, so it does carry weight. Uh, and we don't even know what the record was. Was it record revenue? Was it record profit? Uh, undoubtedly, we'll find out in due course. So it seems that regardless of the market conditions, these guys are making money. So it's absolutely a buy for uh, us here at Marcus today as well. Chris Conway ending the thoughts there about Macquarie Group in the Ausbiz portfolio. Could the last Macquarie Bank seller please turn off the lights when they <laughs> depart? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, it's looking like a bargain a couple of weeks ago. Um, now, look, if you'd like some more reporting season insights and analysis, you can check out the show notes. It uh, will link you to David Lane from Ordmanette, and he talks about Suncorp Charter Hall Long Whale REIT. If you'd like to listen to an interview with the fund manager, you can also do so via the website. Um, now, international travel, as we know, is opening up again. I had a good chat on the Small Caps program with the CEO of Experience Co., who also happens to be the former MD of Tourism Australia. And he was saying, look, you know, they're ready, they're waiting, they're match fit. But it's not as if there's going to be a massive flood of these tourists coming in. They will happen in phases. And the first phase is most certainly not coming from China. That begs the question. We've seen a well, is it a relief rally in some of these, um, you know, these these travel names, or they, they they respond really strongly to any indication that we'll start to see tourists coming back in? Yeah, day trading stocks, many of them are valuations that you know, exceed what they were prior to the pandemic. You pointed out China. I don't see the Chinese numbers coming back anywhere near the same number, particularly as uh, the government there maintains that zero COVID policy. That's just one factor why you've got to be extremely nervous about the outlook for this sector. We want to go and see tourism thriving here, but to say it's going to go and snap back into uh, to shape as it was before the pandemic is uh, absolute furphy. So, yeah, be cautious out there. Yeah, all right. And if you'd like to yeah, delve a little bit deeper into the rally that we've seen in the travel stocks, uh, you can listen to Fintel's Wilton Reisenhoover, who um, joined us to give also the view that, you know, some of these companies are the most shorted on the ASX. Yeah. So Web Webjet and Flight Center, uh, so just to go and be real uh, succinct, two of the top five names in the, uh, the ASX leading to this week were the most shorted stocks those there. And if, lo and behold, they were <laughs> the best performers on the odds for uh, yesterday and pretty much, you know, for much part of the day. Yeah, okay. So there you go. We've got some analysis of that travel stock rally. Uh, if you are into more um, buy, hold, sells, more stock picks, um, you can listen to an interview with Tim Haslam from Catapult Wealth. You can access that via the show notes because I think that the takeaway from that is it's just as important to know when to sell as it is to know when to buy. We talk a lot about buying, um, but Tim gives us one sell that is also related to reporting season and perhaps just the notion that you know the best is baked in the best days are behind them and uh you know particularly with the view on the u.s housing market i've probably given it away um, but you might want to listen to his analysis of that yeah i don't mind that because we're definitely coming to a period where it's going to be tougher market conditions but we're hopefully going to have stronger economic conditions but we're going to have rising rates and the like so it's a question we probably should go be asking a bit more mm -hmm. who who should we be selling to go and, and maybe recycle some um, uh, profits into other parts of the market? Yeah, sell the rip. That's my new uh, little little tagline. Sell the rip. Like it. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, the NAB business survey. What, what was the big takeaway from that today? That there is trouble trying to go and find workers. Uh, employment index uh, ever so slightly. Something next down. Uh, so I suggest that I think it's the uh, the inability to or not the, the, the 
firms are shedding staff. I think it's the fact that they just can't find workers. Um, and then lo and behold, of course, the RBA keeps uh, being insistent that we're different when it comes to wage pressures and that we're seen abroad and the like. And uh, I can tell you that margin pressures are pretty acute out there. We can see input costs are rising much more rapidly than, uh, than selling prices. And wages are still going up. So we'll see what the wage price index has to go and say in a couple of weeks' time. I dare say the RBA is going to be looking at another upside surprise. To Mark, 23rd of February in your calendar. Just make sure you keep us tuned in. We will continually, no doubt, keep you reminded that that date is approaching. Absolutely. Hey, look, tonight we do get uh, the small business uh, read out of the United States. We also get some international trade data. Look, I don't think anything on the economic front is really going to rock the boat too much. Obviously, watching equities, we keep getting these really volatile moves, particularly in the last hour of trade. And there are still some results you know, that are that are coming through. Um, and also keeping a close eye on energy, I think, when it comes to the U.S. trading session in particular. Yeah, real yields certainly going to be really important as well when it comes to driving market movements, especially in that non-profitable tech parts of the market. Uh, I think Twitter uh, might be out as well. It's either tonight or... It's was, Thursday well, it's night. It's Thursday, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I've been running with the other uh, Twitter mug on, the, on air for the whole <laughs> week. I'm getting pretty excited <laughs> to go see what's going on. I know there's been a lot of ads in my feed recently. I'm not really enjoying that. No, well, you know, you do spend quite a lot of time on Twitter. If you'd like to follow him, you can do so at Scuffy. Procrastination Central. Yeah. All right. At least I'm not on Facebook. Sorry, Meta. Meta. Meta platforms. You're not yet in the metaverse. Yeah, I've had some really interesting conversations about Meta as well and just how significantly uh, the business has to change in order to keep up with, um, yeah, people people being more, what do you say? The, the creepy emoticon uh, of Zuckerberg, that's one thing they can go and start with replacing. Yeah. That, uh, that turned a whole lot of people off instantaneously from what I've spoken to. Oh, I agree, myself included. But yeah, it's just got to significantly change this business model to keep up with what's happening there. Ads are not going to do it. Uh, any longer, or they'll they'll miss the boat with this whole. I don't want to go go down like another path, but have you ever gone and clicked on one of the ads? Because I know that I I you said that I'm on Twitter a lot. I can put hand on heart and say that not once have I gone and clicked on an ad. Do you know it's funny that you say that? I never click on ads, and I mean I might be BS, but like I don't even in magazines or newspapers like I actually don't pay a lot of attention to the ads I do if I'm reading the the financial news pages just because it's curiosity but Mm. no I don't click on Facebook ads and if I do by accident I get really annoyed yeah Yeah. (laughs) by mistake there we go there we go your your, your hard-earned you know revenue uh, models being uh, supported by mistake clicking yeah okay so um look CBA is out tomorrow with its half year. We will be speaking with Matt Common. We'll bring you that interview at 2.45 p.m. Koshi's actually going to be speaking with Matt. Um, there's a whole raft of companies out tomorrow. Computer Share, look, that's been on the buy list for a lot of analysts I've been speaking with, particularly because, you know, in a rising interest rate environment, it should do pretty well. IDP Education, a Megaport is out, Mineral Resources. Um, yes. We have Temple and Webster, and I'll be speaking with Shopping Center Australasia's CFO to start things off in the morning. So, look, there's there's a lot going on. We're not anywhere near peak reporting season, but we've got a few good companies to hang our hats on in different areas of the market tomorrow. Yeah. I'm really interested in the, uh, the REIT space at the moment because we've had a big valuation uplift. We've got rising interest rates, though. Yeah, how that goes and mixes into, uh, I know, 
corporate earnings will be very interesting. Yeah, I spoke with Avi Anger, as I said, from uh, Charter Hall Longwell REIT, and he just talked about how they've reduced their debt load and um, how they've seen their valuations rising consistently. Anyways, I won't go into it all, but yeah. you can listen to that if you're interested. I did ask the question. Yeah, no, no, it also comes down to discount rates and the like. And yeah. uh, uh, we know that they're starting to go and rise now, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes and plays out. Okay, um, look, uh, tomorrow's another day. Scotty, what do you say? Um, it's been nice to, to see you. It's been nice to chat with you today and also to get to meet somebody very special in your, your little life. Yeah, my little daughter came in and <laughs> decided to go and scream and cry the first time in a while. Barely, long. Yeah, barely. Yeah, no, typical, much like a dad. But I've got to say as well, it's bloody nice to see some uh, blue sky outside here <laughs> yeah. in Sydney. It's been uh, no, terrible weather recently. So, yeah, long may it continue. All right, have a good night, Scotty. You too. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.